You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. Hey, folks, over the break... I just did a quick Google, ladies and gentlemen. When I take a break, my break is 60 seconds. Does the outro music. I've got a 60-second timer clock. And uh, it allows me to get a sip of water, drink some tea, and look at my notes. Or Google. Then I come back and I record. So that's part of why I do it. Plus, on the public side, I like the commercial breaks to be clean. I don't like to just have me cut off in the middle of a sentence or a guest cut off in the middle of a sentence. So I do the commercial breaks. I actually haven't been doing them with the guests, though, because if I'm going to have someone on for two or three hours, it's kind of rude to keep stopping and breaking it up. But as we get uh, a little bit bigger, we continue to grow. If you guys keep leaving five-star reviews at Apple Podcasts along with comments, that'll happen. So I appreciate it. We are growing pretty much every day. Also, think about joining pain.tv slash gold. For $8.58 a month, you get access to the ad-free video version of this podcast, as well as the Thomas Paine podcast, and access to a like-minded group of individuals, and you could download the app or get on the website. It's Facebook-like, easy to use. You could teach people, learn from people, share information, or you can leave a donation at donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. But anyway, as we continue to grow here at the show then we are going to be able to do a lot more stuff here, ladies and gentlemen. A lot more stuff, a lot more research. Uh, and then also when we put out the public side of those interviews, I'm going to be able to have someone edit in the commercial breaks that go in and out. So it's a little more seamless. Everything will everything will match up, but we're not there yet. But uh, look, folks, um, for the video audience, I just pulled this up here. Uh, WeForum.org, this is World Economic Forum. This is an article from October 2022. Four ways to ensure central bank digital currencies promote financial inclusion. I just want to go down here. Number one, it says financial and digital literacy programs. An economist, uh, econom- uh, economist survey, Jesus, Dustin, what are you doing? An economist survey found that the majority of people surveyed about digital currency were more likely to trust a product issued by their government than a crypto enterprise. Well, FTX probably uh, made that come true for sure. It says this is promising, but the survey also found we have a long way to go in educating the public about digital money. Respondents noted privacy and security as hurdles, but the primary reason people were hesitant about digital money was that they simply don't understand what it is. If central bank digital currencies are to to reach unbanked regions and empower marginalized communities with new financial tools, they must be accompanied by robust education efforts. This starts with basic financial literacy, understanding of lending, liquidity, and debt, and extends to the very practice teaching of digital money. Uh, Where is it made and stored? How does a digital wallet work? What are the benefits and risks? All right, so this is just on World Economic Forum. So we're going to start digging into this, as I mentioned uh, before the break, folks. But now I want to introduce you 
to the uh, World Government Summit. Now, some of you may have seen this. Dan Golvach brought it up when he was here last time. And so I said, oh, yeah, I watched that. It was from June 2022. uh, And I forgot to actually review it here on the show. So we're going to get into this uh, because it's a nice little bookend to the central bank digital currency. So I'm going to try to get through this uh, today and tomorrow, and then I'm going to try, I think, to get Dan Golbach on Friday if he doesn't have a gig. He uh, is a musician. But if I can get him on Friday, it would be a good bookend to CBDCs, and then open us up uh, next week, hopefully, Wide Awake. Jim will be on, and we're going to tie in all of his research. So this may be the last panel discussion I cover on CBDCs for a while, because I think we've got a solid understanding of this. And there are many other topics I need to move on to here at the Dustin Gold Standard as we continue to explain the history of how we got to where we are, where we are in the present day, and where we're going in the future as far as technocracy and transhumanism goes. All right, I'm over at Wikipedia. I'm just going to uh, read through some of this for you so you understand what we're talking about. This is the World Government Summit. And this was founded nine years ago. In 2013, it's an NGO, a non-governmental organization. Its purpose is social and economic. Headquarters are Dubai, UAE, that's uh, United Arab Emirates. And it says here, the World Government Summit is an annual event in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. It brings together leaders in government for a global dialogue about governmental process and policies with a focus on the issues of futurism, technology, innovation, and other topics. The summit acts as a knowledge exchange hub between government officials, thought leaders, policymakers, and private sector leaders, and as an analysis platform for the future trends issues and opportunities facing humanity the summit hosts over 90 speakers from 150 participating countries along with over 4,000 attendees and it says here the history of this it's important to understand this because these guys are talking about new world order i'm I'm telling they actually use the term new world order the panel we're going to review is actually called are we ready for a new world order It says the World Government Summit was formed by a team of experts from different disciplines to bring government, business, and civil society together with the goal of improving the future for the 7 billion people on the planet. The chairman of the World Government Summit is Mohammed Al-Jiraji with Ohud Bint Kaflin Al-Rumaini serving as vice chairman of the organization. Omar Sultan Al-Alama is the managing director of the World Government Summit. In 2015, under the directives of His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al-Maktoum, Mohammed Al-Jurjaji, chairman of the summit's organizing committee and minister of the UAE, United Arab Emirates, Cabinet Affairs and the Future, announced 10 key changes to take the summit to a new global level. The changes included changing the summit's name from Government Summit to World Government Summit, changing the entity structure and adopting the goal of providing integrated knowledge services for over 150 governments and global organizations. In 2016, the World Government Summit organization adopted a new year-round membership system. 
Members have exclusive invitations to attend the summit, communicate directly with its top speakers and attendees, receive reports issued by the summit ahead of the general public, gain exclusive access to private functions held on the sidelines of events, and have access to training workshops and executive education programs hosted by the summit in collaboration with global experts. Reports for the public about issues explored at the summits are issued by Oxford Analytica, uh, McKenzie, and Harvard Business Review on the World Government Summit website, and conferences speeches are available on the YouTube channel for the World Government Summit. All right, and then it goes through some of the themes here that they discuss. I'll just talk about this briefly. It says the first World Government Summit was held in Dubai in 2013 and has been held annually since then. In 2013, themes included building citizen trust in governmental entities, social media as a tool for civic engagement, private-public sector partnerships, and measuring development. All bumper sticker slogans. It says in 2014, themes included partnerships and innovation in government service delivery, government smart tools, Boxes, using information technology for citizen engagement, anti-corruption efforts, and helping citizens affected by conflict, and digital government. In 2015, themes included smart cities, innovation, and better jobs. In 2016, themes included the sustainable development goals, the state of sustainability, and advanced science and the future of government robotics and artificial intelligence, genomic medicine, and biometrics. So uh, I'll finish with this, but let me just explain quickly. So back in 2013, you have them talking about public-private partnerships, right? 2014, you have them talking about technology for citizen engagement, anti-corruption efforts. These are criminals getting together talking about anti-corruption. It's such a joke. And then digital government, which is moving everyone over to interacting with the government on uh, your smartphone. 2015, right, we have smart cities, innovation, better jobs. So they're moving people into the smart city prisons. 2016, sustainable development goals. That's the climate change hustle that we talked about with Wide Awake Jim. Sustainability, climate change hustle. And then science and future. That's robotics, artificial intelligence, genomic medicine, and biometrics. That's uh, merger of man and machine. That's transhumanism. And so apparently the Muslims are into transhumanism as well, which I knew that. I, I think you probably did too. In 2016, the summit included an inaugural Best Minister in the World Award, which was awarded to Greg Hunt, at that time Australian Minister of Federal Environment, later appointed as Australian Minister of Health. In 2017, the summit focused on four main themes. One, climate change and food security. So they are part of the climate change hustle as well. Number two, citizen well-being and happiness. That's a total joke. Number three, government agility and geopolitics and humanitarian aid with the goal of focusing on fundamental questions that aim to pave the way for the future across the globe. Uh, the summit was held under the patronage. Uh, we don't need the rest of this stuff. Anyway, it's great because the picture they have on Wikipedia is a conversation between Mohammed al Jarjawi, the head of it, sitting there with Klaus Schwab, you know, the head of the World Economic Forum. So you can go over to their website if you want. I pulled that up here. It's worldgovernmentsummit.org. And it says uh, right here at the top, how nature-based solutions in coastal areas can help address global crisis and so they've got a picture of a sea turtle 
swimming. It looks like I'm at a Sandals vacation website when you first open it. And you go through the newsroom. You can look at events and initiatives, awards, community. Anyway, a bunch of stuff on here if you guys want to flip through this. This is their website. Again, worldgovernmentsummit.org. And then I just want to pop over here real quick. Uh, back to consensus, which we've covered here in depth. That's C-O-N-S-E-N-S-Y-S dot net. I suggest you go back and listen to those episodes. This is the company founded by Joseph Lubin, who was co-founder of Ethereum with Vitalak Buterin, who was funded by the transhumanist technocrat government contractor Peter Thiel. And this was an article we looked at. This is Smart Dubai Blockchain Case Study for the Government in the UAE. And this was an initiative spearheaded by His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid al-Maktoram, Vice President and Prime Minister of the UAE and ruler of Dubai, uh, which seeks uh, happiness you know, in the world. And this was blockchain powering the city of the future. So we went over this, ladies and gentlemen, and it says here, I'll just read it briefly to you, just as we're moving into this uh, World Government Summit, it's important to understand what Dubai is actually doing. Most people wouldn't research this, but it says, Smart Dubai seeks to make Dubai the happiest city on earth. Participation from all city stakeholders, residents, visitors, business owners, parents, and families is a cornerstone of the strategy. This goal will be carried out by leveraging a wide range of technologies, including blockchain, artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, and by focusing on three strategic pillars, government efficiency, industry creation and international leadership collaborating with private sector and government partners smart dubai was established to empower deliver and promote an efficient seamless safe and impactful city experience for residents and visitors welcome to the prison planet this is dubai to achieve its strategic pillars smart dubai aims to introduce initiatives and develop partnerships to contribute to its smart economy smart living smart governance smart environment smart people smart mobility dimensions and complete and total morons who are going to live inside of this system and so you can go through this consensus article uh it goes through the goal the enterprise ethereum solution results achieved smart city university paperless strategy uh very interesting stuff here folks so we'll eventually circle back around to this as we review this uh, World Government Summit. But I want to show you a couple other things real quick before we actually get into the panel discussion. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv slash gold. Let me show you this. We did not cover this uh, before. This is, again, on the consensus.net website, C-O-N-S-E-N-S-Y-S.net. Uh, this says the enterprise Ethereum solution. This is important because I told you Ethereum is being used uh, not only as a basis for new uh, Web3 products and for building out the metaverse. It's being used as the backbone for central bank digital currency. 
uh, all kicked off by Peter Thiel, the transhumanist technocrat, government contractor, oligarch, that pretends to be a conservative libertarian about freedom, small government liberty, when in fact he is actually helping create a complete and total worldwide technocracy. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, it's all on his resume, folks. All on his resume. But uh, let me just show you another solution here with Ethereum as we're moving into this Dubai World Government Summit, which is very important because they're openly talking about a new world order. And one of the panelists there was trained by Henry Kissinger, who had a major, major uh, hand on multiple presidents here in the United States, including advising President Donald Trump along the way. Uh, let me just read this. It says, the smart Dubai office issued an RFP, and from the multitude of viable candidates, consensus was chosen as a partner. In just two months of ideation, the team performed a high-level tech analysis with governmental agencies, IT teams, business process owners to define core requirements and decided on the first use cases, energy, real estate, medical, etc. Consensus then performed an analysis of the core infrastructure needs required to support the blockchain mandate. This analysis resulted in the creation of a blockchain platform as a service blueprint while simultaneously making a case for a blockchain-enabled digital identity. Blockchain-enabled digital identity. I told you, the blockchain is chaining you to a block. So please, get it out of your head whenever you hear blockchain that it has anything to do with freedom, liberty, and human autonomy. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with security and protecting your identity. It may protect your identity from the fake hackers out there, creations, illusions created by the government. The government, in fact, is the identity thief, folks. They want to know everything about you at all times to run through their AI algorithms. It says there, from there, the UAE pass was created to integrate with blockchain networks. Finally, Consensus built a sandbox environment to ether- uh, on Ethereum and held a series of 40 to 60 workshops for agencies to start prototyping and testing. All right? You see this? This is in Dubai, folks. All right, now I am at trade.gov. This is the last piece of information I want to review with you before we get into the panel discussion at the uh, Global World Summit. Um, this is United Arab Emirates Country Commercial Guide. And so I'm going to go down here to the leading subsectors. All right, so under here we have a couple of headings. Cloud computing, cybersecurity, Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, smart cities, 5G, opportunities, uh, and I think that's it there. So let's go through this quickly because it's rather important. It says the United Arab Emirates is one of the largest data center hubs in the Middle East and more are planned. Up to $1 billion in additional investments are projected by 2026. In 2019, Microsoft Azure launched two cloud regions in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. In 2021, Amazon Web Services announced plans for a new data center region in the UAE. Did I not tell you, did I not tell you that Amazon Web Services, Microsoft and Google are behind pretty much all of this? Oracle's involved as well. 
Actually, I think they might mention that here. It says, the new region will consist of three availability zones and is set to open in 2022. In November 2021, Oracle announced the opening of its second cloud region in Abu Dhabi. See, there we go. Following their Dubai cloud region, government-owned entities... Uh, at Tisalat and G42 Cloud have all uh, have also had major data centers. With aggressive investments by the UAE government and cloud computing, the UAE's competitive business laws and their strong technological infrastructure, the ICT sector is forecast to continue expanding in the years ahead. Public cloud hosting in the UAE has addressed variations in resources and expertise uh, efficiently through highly specialized solutions. Despite these significant expansions, there is still sizable room for development that will require the expertise and know-how of United States firms. So the UAA is allowing us to go in there with Microsoft and Oracle and Amazon and build out all these cloud computing hubs, all of which will be used to run central bank digital currency. We already know the central banks are partnered with Amazon Web Services. We already know that Ethereum is as well. I mean, it's unbelievable, folks. It's all right there in front of your face. You just have to go look for the information. None of this is in secret. This is all publicly sourced information. Let's just look at cybersecurity, a topic that never interests me very much because it's a fraud. It says the UAE's geopolitical position and importance to the world economy in the energy, oil and gas, and aviation industry make the UAE vulnerable as a target of cyber attacks, driving rapid growth in the cybersecurity market. The UAE reports the highest number of malware incidents among consumers in the GCC. To protect the UAE's critical data information infrastructure and improve national cybersecurity, the government introduced the UAE Information Assurance Standards, which are a set of guidelines for government entities in critical sectors. Compliance with these standards is mandatory for all government organizations and businesses that are identified as critical infrastructure in the UAE. Several local players have been developing cybersecurity capabilities to capitalize on rising demand, while international IT security firms are expanding their presence in the country. With leading technology experts stating that the number one priority for UAE firms remains cybersecurity, the market is expected to continue expanding. Many UAE development initiatives also drive the demand for cybersecurity. These factors and growing demand for cybersecurity solutions provide many opportunities for American companies. So as you're building a technocracy, you obviously need cybersecurity because they don't want people like you and I from hacking into their technological slave system. All right, let's look at this section. Internet of Things. Opportunities include smart services, the industrial internet, and machine-to-machine communications. There are applications in the public sector for smart cities and telehealth, and enterprise applications include smart metering, asset tracking, and production optimization. The UAE has emerged as a leading global location for the deployment of Internet of Things solutions to enhance public infrastructure, especially in Dubai, as it aims to become a leading smart city. There's a foundation of cooperation in Dubai and the UAE across multiple sectors, including ICT, power, transportation, infrastructure, healthcare, and government. So 
There you go, folks. You've got the UAE aiming, uh, uh, putting Dubai as a leader in becoming a smart city. We'll eventually get back into this. It's actually on my list of shows to do in the coming future. We're going to get into Saudi Arabia as well. I want to show you that this stuff is happening all around the world. It's not just here. All right. And it's not an accident that everyone is building their country into a smart city prison planet, into a technocracy. It's all done by design. This is a section here. Artificial intelligence is a priority in the UAE. Artificial intelligence is forecast to play a role to contribute almost 14% of the national GDP. 14%, folks, by 2030 would be $96 billion. And the annual growth in the artificial intelligence contribution to the UAE economy is forecast to grow by 33.5% between 2018 and 2030 as part of the government's UAE centennial 2071 plans, the UAE Artificial Intelligence Strategy 2031 was launched to improve efficiency in the transport, health, space, renewable energy, water technology, education, environment, and traffic sectors. The UAE has already begun integrating artificial intelligence with industries such as education, healthcare, space, transportation, and aviation. Artificial intelligence is a key part of the ambitious plans of the UAE government to diversify their economy and become a knowledge economy. This includes the establishment of the Mohammed bin Zayed University of Artificial Intelligence in Abu Dhabi, part of an effort to develop more talent that can support the growth of the digital economy. The race between Gulf states to have the newest and most sophisticated technology, particularly in the field of artificial intelligence, provides a large market in which United States firms have comparative advantages. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I've looked at this stuff before, but... You know, folks, sometimes this is rather disheartening. All right, it says smart cities. The UAE has made significant investments into projects for smart cities with goals to build smart cities from scratch and improve infrastructure in existing cities. Since October 2013, the Dubai authorities have undertaken a mission to transform Dubai into a smart city with innovations centered on six key areas, transport, communications, infrastructure, electricity, economic services, and urban planning see they driving everyone into the technocracy the digital dubai authority was established to support the citywide initiative to transform dubai into the world's smartest and happiest city in december 2021 the dubai paperless strategy was fully implemented across all 45 government entities in the emirate after being launched in 2018 these entities provide more than 1800 digital services and over 10,500 key transactions examples of initiatives include the provision of public wi-fi electric car charging stations live traffic monitoring and an e-wallet for the roads and transport authority UAE authorities will want to maintain the reputation of the UAE as a leading smart country and continuous public sector investments in large-scale infrastructure projects revolving around smart building will likely continue to grow, providing opportunities for United States companies. 
And let's look at this last section here on 5G. It says the UAE was the first country in the Arab region and fourth globally to launch its 5G network. Both Du and Edelstadt, the nation's leading telecom companies, launched limited 5G networks in 2019 along with the 5G-enabled ZTE Axon 10 Pro smartphone to both postpaid and prepaid customers. By the end of 2023, it is estimated that 16 million 5G smartphones will be operational in the region. With the UAE being at the forefront of technological advances and given the strong GDP per capita, demand for 5G services is predicted to be strong over the coming years. In June 2021, Edislat revealed a 6G project that is estimated to be around 100 times faster than 5G. They have invested in 6G realization by conducting research and developing international standards that are the main building blocks for the 6G ecosystem. The rollout and expansion of the telecom network and infrastructure in the UAE will likely offer business opportunities for U.S. companies. So as you can see there, folks, 6G is getting ready to roll out. Um, And they need to have this faster connection. I've done some research on this. And so some of us would be sitting there going, you know, what you push me from 3G to 4G to 5G. I don't need to stream uh, Netflix videos any faster. I don't need to be able to send uh, smart. uh, I don't need to be able to send emails any faster, receive texts any faster. Now, folks, they need this fast network because once you're transacting with the central bank digital currencies and they're operating the world on blockchain ledgers, they need the uh, infrastructure to be much faster. So you're not standing in the grocery store for a minute and a half waiting for the transaction to go through. It's it, it's so obvious like what's actually happening. But there you have it, United Arab Emirates, uh, Dubai becoming a smart country and a smart city, respectively. Um, I mean, this is pretty amazing stuff. So we're going to get into this uh, tomorrow in episode uh, 113. That's going to be the World Government Summit. And the title of this is, Are We Ready for for a new world order and you're going to see these guys sitting up on stage talking about a new world order something that all of us obviously would be criticized and called a conspiracy theorist for bringing up 10 15 20 25 years ago even though george hw bush openly said this is a new world order well here we have it this is 2022 and you've got world elites you have international criminals you have uh, mafia boss banksters and economic terrorists sitting up on a stage at the World Government Summit, affiliated with the World Economic Forum, talking about just that, folks. Are we ready for a new world order? Well, folks, it's already here. They're just connecting the dots. Ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow, episode 113, as we cover this discussion. Are we ready for a new world order? My name is Dustin Gold, and I am ready for bed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.